Hello, church. Christ, the Savior of the world, has come. Hallelujah. We're glad to see you today. Listen, grab your Bibles if you would. We're going to go to the very first chapter of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 1. There are some others along with you, so either find your Bible, you'll be able to find the others, or get your thumbs moving, whatever you need to do, and uh, we'll be ready for that. Uh, now listen, uh, let me just take a moment, if I can, and let you say thank you. Uh, Kelly and I were uh, overwhelmed, humbly privileged, and uh, appreciate you noticing uh, the 10 years that uh, we've been able to uh, be your pastor over the last uh, 10 years. Great, wonderful. Let me, I, words cannot express how much I love you, how much I appreciate the fact, and I'm humbly privileged to be a part of this special group. Believe the Lord has brought us together for such a time as this and continues to do great work. Um, I... I if I figured correctly, I have walked these steps and stood behind this pulpit uh, over a thousand times, and you've allowed me to do that. Thank you so very much. Now, I want you, I'm good for about another thousand, and then we might need a ramp and you just roll me up or whatever it takes. I know it's scaring some of you that I might be around that long, but uh, humbly privileged to be a part and, and looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us uh, as we are able to move forward. And, uh, but to God be the glory in all things. And thank you so very much. Thank you so much to our praise band today and to our choir. Listen, you're going to, you're going to want to be here at 6 o'clock uh, tonight. We have, uh, I'm counting maybe four celebration services, not counting two maybe next week. But uh, so you're good. You're here at one of them, Christmas celebration service. That's what we're doing here today. Tonight we're having one, of course, next week, of course, week before Christmas, week in the day. Christmas Eve will be here. It'll be uh, the same service, Christmas Eve, busy time, family time. Some people say, well, I've got family coming in, I can't come. Yes, you can. Bring your family. 10 o'clock and 4 o'clock, it's the same service, just about. If, if it's not that good the first time, we're going to improve on it for the second. But 10 and 4, so you want to be here uh, for what's going to take place. Candlelight, communion, both services. Yes, candles on Sunday morning. It'll be wild, but come on, be a part. And uh, you'll want to be. We're in Matthew chapter 1 and uh, verse... 18 to begin with and uh, this now is the word of God you want to keep your Bibles open and be ready to go or your smartphones whatever it is verse 18 says now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit I have always been fascinated with the titles the names and the descriptions of our Lord and Savior Cruden's Concordance says it has listed 198 names and titles for the Lord Jesus in the Bible, each one with its own significance. But understanding all names together help us to have a better understanding, but still we probably cannot fathom uh, the descriptions and understanding who our Lord Jesus is and the great mercy and grace that he has bestowed upon each one of us. But we've been given enough, enough so that we might be able to know him, might know him personally, that we might continue to be able to search out and find more and more about him, know him personally, be able to know him better each and every day. Uh, his life, Jesus came, born in a manger, life given so that we might be able to have eternal life and that we might be able to have life with pur pur purpose. 
Praise God for his indescribable gift. We're going to take the rest of our Christmas celebrations, at least on the Sunday morning and on Christmas Eve, to talk about some particular names of Jesus as a part of our celebration and hopefully discover more of who he is, who came to be born in Bethlehem, lived his entire life in part of the world that has known much war and are experiencing a kind of war today that reminds us that the world is in need of a Savior ever bit as much today as the world was 2,000 years ago and certainly needs peace on earth, only found in our Lord Jesus. Speaking of names, when our first grandchild was born, I was not consulted in what they were going to name him, even though I gave probably my opinion. I thought Luther would be a good name for our grandchild. It's my middle name. It was my great-grandfather's name, or maybe even Jeffrey Luther, but it was inevitable probably that his name was going to be Robert. My dad is named Robert, sometimes called Bob. Connor, my son-in-law, uh, his grandfather is named Robert. My wife's uncle, my wife has an uncle named Robert, and another one named Bobby, and they're brothers, which seems to be confusing a little bit to me as well. And then my brother's named Robert. My brother's son is named Robert. My brother's grandson is named Robert. I remember when my brother asked me, well, what are they going to name the baby? And I had to look at him and say, they're going to name him after you. Connor, my son-in-law, who preached here last week, by the way, whoever came up with the idea of asking him to preach, I thought that was a great idea. I loved, of course, to hear, uh, hear him preach. We share a favorite preaching professor by the name of Robert. Robert Smith, Jr., who, by, who, by the way, is going to be here this coming August and is going to preach here for us uh, in one of our services. We'll be looking forward to that. But when he comes, if you ask him about my grandson, he'll say, yeah, he's named after me. So you and I know why he's Robert. Speaking of common names, you may not know this, but whenever we're in the room together with our staff and our deacons, just it seems that just about half of them are either named Robert, Bob, or Bobby. And I say that just to say this. If Jesus were born today, if it was going to happen today, you know what? He might have been named Bob or he might have been named Robert because Jesus was a common name that was used in that day. And, but Jesus took the common name and he made it uncommon. Of course, the name Jesus has great significance. I would say of the nearly 200 uh, titles or names for Jesus and some have come up with even more, Jesus is the most common of them all. It's the name that he is the most well-known for today and the name that is most used in the New Testament. And it was inevitable that this would be his name long before he was born. Both Mary and Joseph were both told at different times by the angel that the name the baby Jesus. The name means Jesus. The name means Savior or Yahweh is salvation. Perhaps it was so well known and used in that day because... It is the Greek name for the Hebrew equivalent of Joshua. Everybody knew Joshua. Joshua, the great leader of the Israelites that led them out into the promised land. Why wouldn't parents want to name their baby boy Joshua or Jesus in the Greek? And many of them were named that day. Now today, most today, most are slow to name their baby Jesus, although maybe more common in the Latino world, but no Jewish person in Jesus' day would have heard his name and not thought of the Joshua of the Old Testament and its meaning. Yet most missed recognizing Jesus as Savior, or they refused to believe. Consider in this year, 
There are still many parts of the world in which Christmas comes and goes without notice because they've yet to hear the name of Jesus. We are on a quest as part of our international missions. You saw the video. We're on a quest for more and more people to know about Jesus, the Savior of the world. However, in our culture here in the United States, it would be hard-pressed to think that people don't at least know the name Jesus, that we celebrate his birthday on December 25th. It doesn't matter how many schools have traded Christmas break for winter holiday. It doesn't matter how many nativity scenes have been taken off of lawns of local, state, and federal lawns, and they don't allow those anymore. Uh, but uh, people know. They know why there's traffic jams and uh, shopping centers are crowded. There's more FedEx and UPS trucks in December. Doesn't matter if you put Xmas instead of Christmas. Okay, it does matter to me. Or if they say Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. By the way, it's okay if somebody says Happy Holidays to say Merry Christmas back, although you cannot say the word holiday without the word holy, and there's only one that is holy, but that's for a different day. People know we're celebrating Jesus' birthday. Now, I know not every American celebrates Christmas. However, there are many who have seldom stepped foot in church, maybe do not have or have not opened the Bible, and certainly many who do not know Jesus who celebrate his birthday. By the way, this week, if you're stuck in traffic somewhere or somebody's cutting you off because they've got to be somewhere, instead of a little road rage, you might just think for just a moment about the traffic jam that is caused because of a baby that was born 2,000 years ago and 7,000 miles away. Or if you're standing in a long line at the store, or your Amazon order is late because there's been just too many sales requests and too few people who want to work, take a moment to consider the worldwide disruption caused by the baby who is named Jesus, who is the Savior of the world. But here's my question. How can so many people actually celebrate the birthday of Jesus here in the United States or many other places in the world, yet stay virtually unchanged? Perhaps the answer is found in Scripture, as it always is. Uh, we're going to take a journey this morning in the next few minutes. We're going to take a journey, and we're going to look at the very first time that the name Jesus was used in each of the four Gospels, discounting the genealogy, and maybe find its significance for us and maybe be able to discover this answer why people are unchanged if they're talking about Jesus or how we might be able to have and understand and have a little bit more of that life-transforming power that should be in each one of us that should cause us to have a little bit different and unique Christmas. And how can the one named Jesus turn your common celebration, turn it into something that is uncommon, meaning something good or something that is better? The real significance of the name Jesus can make your celebration uncommon. Regardless of what's happening around the world today, regardless of what's happening in your personal life because of Jesus, it is because these things are happening that the celebration of Jesus should be more uncommon than common. It should make more of a difference. Maybe the more difficulties or the more struggles that you're having or the more things that we see the need for Jesus in the world today. So in Matthew 121, when the angel told Joseph to name the baby Jesus, he said this, Matthew 121, she will bear a son and you shall... Call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. See, something's got to be done with the sin problem. It's the reason Jesus came. Maybe you've been to the Grand Canyon before. You know, when people visit the Grand Canyon, I heard or read somewhere that the average visit to the Grand Canyon is 15 minutes. Well, it's a long way to drive. It's been only 15 minutes. But if you spend any time at the Grand Canyon, 
You'll probably notice there's lots of deer around, and they're very friendly. They're not skittish of tourists. They'll come right up to you, seemingly want you to feed them something. Used to at the Grand Canyon, I believe that they would. Uh, you could go and you could buy the, you know, two quarters and buy deer, deer probably lots more than that, buy deer food and feed them. But I don't think they do that anymore because they consider it unhealthy. There's signs, don't feed the deer. Park rangers tell you, don't feed the deer. It'll be unhealthy. Yet from time to time, they go into the bottom of the canyon and they'll, they'll have to shoot some of the deer, but the ones that are starving to death, which seems kind of counterproductive. Don't feed the deer if they're starving to death. Come to find out that there's plenty of vegetation. There's plenty of the natural things that the deer are able to eat. But because the tourists, some who do not heed the warning of not feeding them or the trash that has been left behind, that the deer pick up so much of the trash that they're now got that in their system and they're unable to digest the healthy, the good, that would, that would keep them that they would need to survive. Hear me, the celebration of Jesus is a wonderful thing and we are so glad that people are able to know and hear the good news of Jesus at Christmas time. And for so many though they cannot digest the eternal things of God because they have picked up and taken in the garbage of this world. They've taken in the sins of this world. The name of Jesus and the good news is all around for some, not for everybody, but for us, it is all around. And even for those who are believers in the Lord Jesus, we're not able to take in uh, all the good that the Lord has for us because we've got sin in our life that we have yet to repent Jesus said in Luke 13 and verse 3, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. But even those who are genuine believers, we need to recognize that daily we need to confess our sins. Unless we're confessing our sins to Jesus daily, we will miss out on the spiritual nourishment and the celebration, the uncommon celebration that the Lord has in store for us today so that we might grow and mature. So the name Jesus reminds us we have a need for a Savior. It echoes what the psalmist wrote in the Old Testament. Psalm 138 and verse 7. He says, you, speaking of the psalmist, is talking about God. You reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. So listen, the common way to celebrate Jesus for those who do not have a personal relationship is to claim Jesus without repentance. And to claim Jesus without repentance will be a short-lived Celebration, or maybe no celebration at all because you don't see a need for Jesus and you don't see a need for forgiveness, or you become a slave to sin. And all Jesus, and it's only through Jesus that we're able to be set free from sin. So the uncommon celebration is to know Jesus because of full repentance. To know Jesus because of full repentance. On a serious XM, there is a country radio station that plays. And before I tell the rest of this, I don't, I don't want to appear to be too hypocritical because you need to know I love both kinds of music, country and western. Now, I realize some of it's not fit to listen to, you understand, but there's a country music station on Sirius XM that, on, that plays country music during the week, but on Sunday, they only play Christian country music or faith-based country music. And... Sometimes you hear the same artist singing during the week. They'll be singing the faith-based music on Sunday. The same artist who sing a little bit about uh, honky-talking, uh, karaoke, or karaoke, uh, carousing is the word I'm looking for, karaoke, or drinking, or the same one singing about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
on that same station on Sunday. Now hear me on this. I'm not judging these country singers. I applaud whoever decided to make that particular station on Sunday of faith-based music. But I'm saying we cannot live the uncommon life, the better life, without turning from sin and turning toward Jesus every day and not just on Sunday or whenever it suits us. Is everybody okay? Let's take our journey now. Come on, let's take our walk to Mark chapter 1 and verse 1. You may have it there. It wouldn't take you long to find the first chapter and first verse. Mark writes in his gospel, he begins it by saying, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He gets right down to business. Let's talk about Jesus. The verse might remind us of Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. Jesus is not just the beginning of the gospel in terms of time, but when it comes to the gospel from beginning to end, it's all about Jesus. Gospel means good news. And for the first 150 years, the word gospel was limited strictly to the Christian message. It meant first 150 years after Jesus was born. And now we use the term to refer maybe to the gospels to where, or to sing gospel to where we hear about the good news as well. Uh, it, the word gospel in the original language, it's the word euangelion. You probably could see it better if you could spell it, but it sounds like and looks like the word evangelism. By its definition, the good news is to be shared. Mark's the first gospel writer, though it appears second. And Mark's intent, probably through Peter's eyes, is to share the gospel, is to share the good news. Mark uses that word gospel seven times more than any other gospel writer. Matthew uses it four times. Luke and John, not at all, not putting those other gospels down. Mark was writing for the common person. He was saying, you know what? The common person needs to know the story of Jesus. Now, the name of Jesus is used by three other people in the Bible, if you count the Old Testament with Joshua. The first century historian Josephus, he wrote about 20 individuals who used the same name Jesus. Yet Mark writes, the good news is found in this Jesus. What distinguishes this Jesus from all others? Well, he tells us he's the Christ. He's Jesus Christ. He's also the one and only Son of God. Christ means literally anointed one, meaning the long-awaited Messiah prophesied long ago. And Jesus is the beginning of the good news, but Mark is actually writing the beginning of sharing of the good news for him began with John the Baptist. Read verses 2 and 3. If you've got your Bibles open, maybe on the screen. As is written Isaiah the prophet, Mark writes, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, speaking of John the Baptist coming, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Well, notice that phrase, prepare the way of the Lord. Well, who is Jesus? He is Lord. He's Lord over all. So to come, and if you're keeping up with your notes, to come is to know something about Jesus. Most people who celebrate Christmas, they know something about Jesus. They know, hey, a baby born in Bethlehem. They may even know that he was crucified on a Roman cross. But the uncommon is to know not only that, but to know that Jesus is the Son of God and that he is Lord of all. Now let's review to have an uncommon celebration, celebrate Jesus like he was meant to be celebrated. For the good news of the coming Christ shall to make a difference, we must know that we have a need for a Savior. We are sinners who need God's forgiveness, and we must know the truth about Jesus. He is the divine, unique Son of God who is Lord over all. 
Travel with me, if you would, to the next gospel, Luke chapter 1. First time that Jesus is mentioned is uh, verse 31. It says, Behold, you will conceive in your womb, angel says to Mary, and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Do you know that we have a uh, new addition to our staff family? I think we've got a picture. There's Colby, mom and dad, Jennifer, our children's minister, 6.50 a.m. Somebody's upside down, or do we have that? I'm not sure. 6.50 a.m., Colby was born, uh, eight pounds, uh, six ounces, 21 an inch. I'm not sure what the middle name is. Maybe it's Luther. No, I don't think. But we don't want you to miss out. We know that here's a birth that's been born. Of course, I'm sure Facebook and everything else has been blown up and all that is good, so I'm telling you also. But there's another clue for the Chris, why the Christmas story, why people are missing and why they're missing Jesus in that birth. The angel told Mary right after he told her, you'll call his name Jesus in Luke 1.32. He said, he will be great and he will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. Could it be? It's not that people don't believe in Jesus. They're believing in the wrong Jesus. Jesus is not a cuss word. Jesus is not the butt of a joke. He's more than the warm, fuzzy feeling that we might have on Christmas morning. He's not anything less than the one and only God who came to be the Savior of the world. I'm asked from time to time, people ask me, uh, is this denomination, is this church, is this religion, is this cult, are they Christians? Are they going to heaven? Most often it's asked about Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses, and Catholics. Here's my answer, uh, and, and others, but I'll say, uh, well... Uh, Maybe some of them are going to heaven. I think some Baptists are going to heaven also. And I said, but not if they believe in the doctrine or the religion or the theology that says that the Jesus is anything less than who he says he is. If you search sometimes, you'll discover that in some religions, in some faith, and some of those who even claim Jesus, some of those who even use the same terminology like Son of God, you'll discover that they're saying that Jesus is something other than the biblical Jesus. We're not putting down other faiths and other religions, but we want everybody, every person, every faith, we want everybody to believe in the real biblical Jesus. Born in Bethlehem, died on Calvary, and rose again. The first time that the name of Jesus is used in the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke, the angel told Mary that Jesus would be given the throne of David. Do you remember in the Old Testament, of course, when David became king, he was told that his descendants would continue to rule on the throne forever. And then it became, of course, Judah, which is the southern kingdom of Israel. Then about 450 years before Jesus was born, they were exiled. Temple was destroyed. And, and, and when Jesus was born, there was no king over Israel. Now, there was Herod the Great, but he was not a legitimate king. And every Israelite would look at Herod and not really think that he was the king of Israel that had been promised and he certainly was not a son of David but the promise and the prophecy was that David's kingdom would continue always you think they had to be thinking well that doesn't seem to be true it's not happening but look at verse 33 Luke chapter 1 verse 33 says and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever now this kingdom there will be no end we know Jesus born in Bethlehem is the promised one who reigns forever and he wants to reign in your heart. Oh, we get into the good stuff. Don't, don't leave us here because the common is to talk about the birth of Jesus. 
And there'll be many people who will, with families or with others, they'll talk about Christmas. They even may sit down and read the Christmas story. You ever watch a TV show and you wonder when they say they're going to read the Christmas story, are they going to read about Mary, Joseph, and the baby, or are they going to read about the Santa who said, Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night? We know there's only one real Christmas story about the Savior of the world. Many know the real Christmas story. They may know it, and it's still common. You know the real Christmas story, but here's the uncommon. It's not only talk about the birth of Christ, which is good, but it's to talk about your being born again in Christ. This Christmas, when you read the Christmas story, consider including the difference that Jesus has made in your life or how you came to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Or inviting others that you're around to say, now that we've heard this Christmas story, this is the same one who died for your sins and rose again. Would you like to have him as your Savior? And then be in the habit of telling others often. One more spot on our journey. John chapter 1. First time that uh, the name Jesus is used in John chapter 1. It's verse 17. But in John 1, 1, you know how that begins. It's, it sounds a little bit like what we read in Mark about the beginning and then in Genesis 1 about the beginning because Mark says, in the beginning was the Word. Of course, it's another name that is used for Jesus, recognizing that He is the greatest communication of God and He is the divine Son of God, of course, who has come to be Savior. But if John's writing here, just in case we don't understand or somebody's reading this and they don't know who's he talking about who is the word by the time we get to John 1 17 he lets us in and tells us who he's talking about verse 17 says for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ Jesus is the personification personification of grace and truth in other words he's grace and truth in the flesh grace meaning unmerited favor or his loving kindness and truth meaning genuine reality and the certainty of all that we know to be factual and correct all rolled up in the one person who has come in the flesh certainly all the Israelites thought a great deal about the law and certainly about Moses Jesus did not discount the importance of the law uh, in fact it's the law that made us aware that made the world aware that there's a need for a Savior. Certainly, we know how great Moses was, meekest man who ever lived, but now one who's come is greater than Moses. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. I think today we can determine if you're having a common celebration or an uncommon celebration. When you look at the manger, look at the nativity scene, what do you see? What do you think about? Think about Mary, Joseph, and the babe, shepherds, Animals, wise men, those are all good things for us to be able to think about. But that's more of the common in what we think about. Here's what we should see in the manger scene. The entire Christ event. We should see not only the birth, but the birth and the life and the death and the resurrection and the ascension and the exaltation and the rapture and the coming again and the final victory that's found in Christ. Why do we get this? Well, because of that next verse, verse 17, John 1, verse 18. We read 17. Verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God, he who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. It's because of Christ who came in the flesh. He is also Emmanuel, God with us who is today at the Father's side, we can know Jesus personally today. 
Jesus instructed the Israelites of the Old Testament to gather at the tabernacle. Way back in the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, on the Day of Atonement. And they gather at the tabernacle. The priests were supposed to bring two goats for the people. Day of Atonement, one goat was to be sacrificed. It was the atoning, pointing still to Jesus, pointing ahead, but as a sacrifice for their sins. <clears throat> Wasn't a complete sacrifice. They had to keep doing it. Then there's another goat. They laid hands on another goat, and a priest walked it out. Everybody standing in front of the tabernacle and later the temple, and they put a hand, and the priest would walk out, and they'd watch the goat. They'd just stand and watch. They'd watch him until he walked off in the wilderness. Couldn't see him anymore. And they'd keep watching until the priest came back empty-handed. Now, for a lot of people, it's just a ritual, what they did on that day. But surely there was those who knew, those who asked, maybe a child who asked, why did they sacrifice that goat? Why did they take that poor goat out off into the wilderness? That goat never did anything. But a wise, knowing parent might would answer. That's the point. God uses the sinless to carry away the sins of the guilty. Isaiah would later write in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6, all of us like sheep have strayed away. We've left God's path to follow our own, yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. You see, Isaiah saw there's somebody coming, but he didn't know his name. All he could do is write him. He didn't know his name. But today, we know his name. And his name is Jesus. So we read Isaiah 53, 6 like this. All of us like sheep have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on Jesus, the Savior, the sins of us all. So here's the common. It is to know only facts about Jesus. There are people who know a lot about Jesus. There are people sitting in church pews today that know a lot about Jesus and they think because they know a lot of facts about Jesus, they're good. But the uncommon is to know Jesus personally, who is grace and truth. And Jesus makes that possible. Give me a couple of minutes here because we just want to make sure everybody knows. We want to make sure everybody's on the same page. Everybody knows the way to salvation. It's in all four Gospels. It is the good news. See if you can see if these are true of you. I'm a sinner in need of forgiveness. Or it was true of you before you came to know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. What Matthew one twenty one says, first time Jesus' name is mentioned, name him Jesus because of save his people from their sins. We have a need to be forgiven. Even as believers, we have a need to come again to Christ again and again. Not so that we'll go to heaven now that we're in the family of God, but so that we will continue to grow and have a growing relationship and fellowship with him. See, if this is true of you, I believe Jesus is Savior and Lord overall. I believe what the Bible says about Jesus. Mark 1, 1, we read it a moment ago in the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Son of God. You must believe Jesus is the Christ. He's the anointed one. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. You've got to believe what the Bible says about Jesus. See if this is true of you. I want Jesus, the Almighty God and Savior. I want Jesus to be my Savior and Lord. Ah, now we go from head knowledge to heartfelt conviction. The angel told Mary in Luke 1.32, He'll be great, son of the Most High. Reign over David's throne forever. And he wants to reign in your heart. 
And so now we come to a place where we say, I want Jesus to take charge of my life. I want him to be in control. Is that true of you? Then we come to that last phrase. See if this is true of you. I ask Jesus to save me by grace through faith. I ask Jesus to save me by grace through faith. Four statements here. Those first three statements could be true of you and you still not be saved. You still not have a home in heaven. For you need to ask through prayer, ask Christ to come in to be your Savior and Lord. Ask Him to forgive you of your sins and ask Christ to come in. I want to give you a sample prayer this morning. It may be that someone here today or it may be somebody doesn't know. I can tell you, if you're not sure today that you have Jesus in your heart or you have a home in heaven, I can tell you, you can know today, not just by praying this prayer, it's not like these are magic words, but by praying genuinely a prayer like this, asking Christ to come in. With eyes wide open, you may want to repeat this prayer with me. Dear God, I'm a sinner who's in need. Today I turn from my sins and turn to you. I believe Jesus Christ is your son. I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose again. Forgive me of all my sins. I want Jesus to come into my heart and take control of my life. I trust Jesus Christ as my Savior and will follow him as my Lord. It's in the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. If you prayed that prayer today, you can know that you have Christ in your heart, not because you said the words, but the genuineness of your heart and soul. You can know you have Jesus in your heart. You can know that you have a home in heaven and that he's got a purpose and a plan for you to follow. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody. We're going to have a hymn of commitment, song of commitment here in just a moment. And you have an opportunity to tell. You come, let me know. One of our staff will be down here at the front. We'll be glad to talk with you. If you're still not sure, we'd be glad to talk with you about this very thing. Uh, if you do know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you're confident of this. I hope that because we've talked about the gospel today that you're confident more than ever before to know that you have Jesus in your heart regardless of how you feel, regardless of the circumstances in your life. And if you want to live that uncommon life and have that uncommon celebration, it's done in this way, by serving, honoring, and glorifying Jesus. By serving, honor, and glorifying Jesus. Let that be what we do. In these next couple of weeks, let it be what we do as we finish the year, end of the new year, and may we live that uncommon life that he's intending for us to live. Let's bow together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to worship you. We know that you're present in this place. Thank you for the celebration songs that we have sung today. The prayers have been lifted. We thank you for the reading of your word. We pray, Father, that as we have discussed your word, that you have touched our hearts so that we might be even more committed, even more excited about living the life that you'd have us to live. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us. We pray, Father, for any who may be here, any who may be listening today who have prayed or need to pray to receive Jesus. Father, may you remove any barriers from our relationship and our fellowship with you today. It's in Christ's name that we lift these prayers. Amen and amen. Would you please stand? As we sing our song of commitment today, we encourage you to do business with the Lord, to continue in worship, and a part of our worship is giving ourselves over to Him. And let's do that. A couple of weeks before Christmas, what a great time to say we're going to celebrate the way we were intended, personally and with others. We encourage you to do that very thing. If you'd like to come and talk with one of us who's standing down here at the front, one of your ministers, we'll be glad to talk with you about what it means to know Jesus as Lord and Savior.
growing with him. If you want to come and join the church, you need to come for baptism. You need to come and you want to be a part of the Parkway family. Just come and let us know. We'll tell you the next steps from there. Altar is open if you'd like to come pray. If you want to come pray with one of us, you come as we sing together.